and welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. I'm Melissa Zimmerman, and today I have a special guest with me. Today's guest is Pat Everett. Pat is a uh, director of training for Oneness Ministry. She's a counselor. Uh, she's a teacher. She's an author. Um, she is an all-around amazing person, and I know absolutely that you're going to love getting to know her because uh, she has some beautiful God encounter stories that we're going to talk about today, um, and just we're going to talk about all the things. So welcome, Pat. Thank you, Melissa. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So you know we have to start our podcast with a little this or that because okay. we want to get to know you, right? All right. So this or that, um, an adventure, taking, have an adventure, or just relax. No, I think life's been pretty much of an adventure. I'll take the relaxed one. Burgers or pizza? Uh, definitely burgers. Okay. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Night owl. A day on the beach or a day at the pool? Neither. <laughs> okay. And there might be a story there. Boats or planes? Uh, boats. And a beach villa or a cozy cabin? Cozy cabin. All right. <laughs> There's some stories there, I think. I think I'd rather go to, you said, what was it, a beach or what? A beach or a pool. Neither. Neither. Or a beach or a cozy cabin. A no. beach villa. Ocean. 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 Me too. Do you snorkel? No. I just love to go watch the waves and listen to the sound and smell the salt sea. Do you get in the water? Uh, toes. Toes. <laughs> you should try snorkeling. You would love snorkeling. Snorkeling is the best. I, I love snorkeling. It's awesome. So, but that's not about me. That's about, I mean, not about you. That's about me. So, okay. Maybe I'll adventure and someday try it. Yeah, I think you should. Um, so Pat, I'm so happy that you're here today and I'm so happy that you're a part of the podcast. Tell us just, uh, if you had to give your like, uh, t- you know, 30 second, 30 second elevator pitch about what it is about life that you love, what would you say? Uh, the father, God, and his word. All right. And tell us a little bit about how you became a Christ follower. Well, I grew up in the standard, what we call Christian home. Um, I came to Oklahoma to go to um, SNU College, which back in my day was Bethany Nazarene College. Okay. Um, I learned a lot, but I didn't experience God there. In fact, I didn't experience God until 1995. And what happened? Well, you know, I told you before that God has a sense of humor. He does. And it was on St. Patrick's Day, and my name is Pat, that he changed my life, March the 17th, 1995. Uh, I had lived life uh, as, I'd lived my life with myself as my source. And that failed miserably time and time again. I was a terrible parent. And I, I maybe I shouldn't say terrible. I disappointed myself as a parent because I didn't, my dreams that I, of what I thought I would be as a parent did not come to pass. But that's another story. <laughs> so on March the 17th, 1995, I was at what most people would call their lowest point. There was no more going down. And I remember getting honest with God and just, I can't do this. And I don't remember what I said, but I had that feeling of, back in the day, we used to call it pray through. Right. And so I got up and I was going to meet a friend downtown for lunch. And so I was taking a shower and I heard, I, I heard a voice or a thought that came into my head that said, give yourself a couple of days, you'll be back to normal. I didn't know what that meant. Well, I mean, I think I kind of did. But I knew enough, Melissa, at that moment to know that wasn't God speaking to me. And so I went ahead and got ready. 
and I was driving down I-240 to get on to 40 to go downtown, and I heard another thought that came into my mind and said, God isn't going to help you. And I don't know if I said it to myself or if I said it out loud. Yes, he is, because he loves me. And it was at that moment, that exact moment, that a, that the, that a revelation of the truth that God loved me came came to me and I started crying and I I pounded my steering wheel going God loves me God loves me God loves me God loves Patricia Faye Momin Everett because I'd always known that God loved the world but I never knew that he loved me and so that was the day that God chose to show me and for me to experience his love and I have not been the same since that day and now my experience isn't supposed to be like anybody else's experience because God is unique and he treats us each as unique individuals. But that day he dropped a hunger for his word into my heart that took me 20 plus years to even begin to to satisfy. And I began to read and I read and I read and I read and I read through the Bible probably every year for the next 20 plus years. I could not get enough. I started taking uh, K. Arthur Bible studies. I don't know, do you know yeah, who I do. she is? I do. And I just, the, the word became alive to me. And, but what was remarkable is as wonderful as my relationship with God was, other things started to go south. And I had that like a week's honeymoon, you know, mm-hmm. it was wonderful, me and God, and everything was great. And then it's like the fat hit the fan, and my kids, my daughter, it just, it went downhill. It was very difficult for the next, I'd say, 10 plus years, life was very, very, very hard. But the most amazing thing happened during those years. And that is, I began to see God in a way that I had never seen him before. I remember uh, at one point, my daughter, uh, our relationship was terrible, and it was my fault. But anyway, I so much, I, I longed for our relationship to be better. And I know you probably have experienced that longing that you have that the people that you love, you really want a really good relationship with her. That's true. And that's what I wanted with my daughter. My boys were off in the in the military at that point. It was just my husband and my daughter and myself. But she wanted nothing to do with me. And um, one night she came home and she'd been crying. And I said, Mary, what's wrong? And she was so angry with me. And she, slammed, she went to her room and slammed the door. And I was like, okay. But about 3 o'clock in the morning, I had, for some reason, I got up, and I went and looked in her room, and she was gone. Oh, gosh. And I was terrified. Yeah. And so I started praying, and I said, God, you've got to help me, because I wanted to turn on the lights and call the police, and it's like, God, you've got to help me. And a peace that I cannot even begin to explain to you fell over me. And I went back into my den, and I sat down on the couch. And before I knew it, I was asleep. But then all of a sudden, I heard a voice of our thought told me to wake up, and my daughter was coming in through the back door. And I said, Mary, where have you been? And she said that she had found out that her boyfriend at the time, she was 16, 
or 17. She must have been 16 or 17. Anyway, her boy's boyfriend had gotten another girl pregnant. Oh, wow. And she was devastated. Yeah, that is devastating. And she said, she looked at me and she said, well, I've decided to forgive him. Well, I don't know what you as a mother would say, and I don't know what I as a mother would have said, but what came out of my mouth was, Mary, we never go wrong in forgiving anybody. And I just know that wasn't, those were not my words. For sure. And so a few weeks later, she had, she came home and again, she's, she said, she doesn't want anything to do with me, but she came in the door and she sat down. All of a sudden the phone rang and she went to pick it up and I heard her scream. And she said, he can't be, he can't be. I just saw him. Her boyfriend had run into the street, had a fight with his mother, run into the street and been hit by a car and had been killed. Oh, gosh. And so she was just pacing around the room like a wild animal. She, she couldn't be still. And I said, Mary, she said, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of this house. And I said, Mary, please don't leave. I said, and I would, I would head for her and she would go in the opposite direction. All I wanted to do was to grab her in my arms and hold her and she wouldn't let me touch her. And, I, and she said, I just gotta get out. I said, Mary, please. I said, I'll take you anywhere you wanna go. Just please don't go out. Because she could drive. Right. I said, but please don't go out by yourself. And so she finally relented and she let me drive her. In fact, it's over this side of town. It's on MacArthur, just a few house, just a few blocks away from where we are right now. And I sat outside in the car all night and waited for her inside that house. And I knew good and well what she was doing. I knew that she was doing drugs to, to, to heal, the, to hurt, to... Medicate the pain. Medicate the pain. Mm -hmm. And I just said, oh God, oh God, this hurts so bad. This hurts so bad. And I heard him, I heard him say to me, now you know how I feel about you. Oh, my heart's breaking a little bit right here in the moment. And I just cannot express to you the revelation that came over me at that moment in time, realizing that if I cared that much for my daughter and I longed for her, to hold her, to comfort her, and he felt that way, times a bazillion. Mm -hmm. And that reminded me of when Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that you would come to me. You know, and I can imagine his longing. I can feel it, a portion of it, nothing to what he feels. But I understood that night the incredible longing of God for his people. Mm -hmm for his children. Nothing, nothing will ever, nothing we will ever experience will ever be as great as his longing for us. And so I'm grateful for that experience, although it hurt really bad. For sure. But I came away with a deeper understanding of who our Father God is to us and how he loves us and longs for us. And when he tells us that he wants to comfort us, he means exactly that. So years later, Mary, our journey, went on for a few more years but she finally came to know Christ um, she made that decision and she came to me one night and she said I'm really sorry for what I did mom and I said Mary I'm not I said I would go through it all over again and then I asked myself are you crazy <laughs> do you remember what it was like yeah but I it did as much as it hurt Melissa there was just a, um, a beauty during that time that 
will sustain me for the rest of my life. I just, it will never be the same. Oh, I love that story so much. I love how much God loves us. Yes, he does. And, and he's just so passionate about us. Uh, so much more than we understand and so much less than we, I mean, so much more than we give in return, right. you know. Um, tell us a, a few of the ways that God has loved you over the years. We were, I, I would love for you to share the Hoyle story. I'll share the Hoyle story, but I want to share one small one first. Okay, you're free to share whatever you want. Um, we haven't always, you know, we've usually, our finances have, well, we're not rolling in cash, <laughs> which is a good thing. But when, when we were younger, um, Paul needed a pair of shoes, dress shoes. And we didn't have two nickels to rub together to buy him a pair of shoes. And do you remember Old Shepherd Mall? Do I do, I do. This is way back in the day, girl. This yeah. Is, this is back in the 70s, 80s, whatever. But there was a Florsheim men's shoe store in Shepherd Mall back then. I remember that. And there was an entrance that was right there by that shoe store. And so we walked in that door one night, and there was a table full of shoes that were on sale, and they were like tennis shoes, you know, sports shoes. But in the middle of all these shoes was one pair of dress shoes that was on sale for $10. And so Paul tried on the shoes, and they were exactly his size. (laughs) It's the little things and the big things. I know. So it's just... It's just remarkable, um, God's provision. And one more story. I was going to visit uh, my friend. I have a, my matron of honor in my wedding lived in Pennsylvania. And she was buying me a ticket to fly there to be with her, to meet with her, to visit. And so I was getting ready. Uh, it came time to go. And all of a sudden I come home one day. And the mailbox, there's this letter. It's been mailed, but it doesn't have an, a return address but it just has my name on it. And so I open it up, and inside are six $50 bills. Oh, wow. Taped to paper. And I was just like, where did this come from? And Paul told me at that moment, he said, you know, I didn't have any extra money to give you for your trip. Uh But he had never told me that. And so here's this, here are these six $50 bills taped to paper that were mailed to me. And I still, to this day, that's been probably 10 years ago, I still don't know where that money came from, other than from God himself. I love that. That's awesome. Now can I tell my whale story? Yes, please tell the whale story. (laughs) Because what you don't know is that on my bucket list of things I want to do is cruise to Alaska. One of these days, I'm cruising to Alaska. That is my... We've been on several cruises, but my favorite is Alaska. I absolutely think it's the most beautiful place on earth. Anyway, it was on our second uh, Alaskan cruise, and every time we would go to Alaska, we would always take a whale watching tour. And we loved to watch the whales, but all we ever saw in the past was just the whales that would kind of come up and down. You could see the blowholes and might see a tail fin or a fin or a tail or whatever, but you never really saw much of the whales. And I, these are humpback whales, by the way. But I wanted to see them breach. I wanted right. to see them jump up. And that's a kind of a silly request, but I was sitting with my sister-in-law, and I said, you know, I'd really like to see whales jump this year, because we were going to go whale watching the next day. And I said, Father, can we just see whales jump this year? Well, the day dawned. Uh, it was 
uh, snowy and cold and sleety, and it was, oh my goodness, yeah. Anyway, and so we're on this uh, boat, tour boat, and we're going out, and a voice from the intercom says, I feel like this is going to be a special day, the woman said, but I don't know why. Anyway, so we continue on, and there's things to see, and it's, you know, yeah, if you can see through your glass, I have, I wear glasses, and it was sleety, and I needed <laughs> windshield wipers for my glasses. <laughs> anyway, so a call, a call comes for a sighting of whales, and it's a, first sighting is a mother and a calf swimming together, and that's pretty unusual in Alaska, because they separate after that long journey from wherever they started to feed on, on krill shrimp, and so, um, it's really unusual to see them swimming together, but there's this, you call it a tiny whale. It's, yeah, tiny whales yeah. about the size of a football field. But anyway, all of a sudden that baby decides to jump, and it jumped clean up out of the air. And there he is, and then he just flops back down in the water, and everybody's, ah, ooh. <laughs> and um, it was remarkable. I'll never forget that. And then, you know, a few minutes later, I'm standing at the same spot. I haven't moved because basically I'm frozen in this space anyway. <laughs> My hands feel like they're frozen to the railing. And a call for another whale sighting comes, and another whale comes up, and he jumps straight up out of the air. And down again, and it was like, oh, my goodness. But because God is who he is, and because he never does anything minimally, another sighting of whales is called, and I'm still in the same spot. I don't have to move. It's all right there in front of me. Another one jumps straight up in the air and splashes back down. And I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. And I, I told Melissa, I asked my husband this, every time I tell this story, I say, Paul, did this really happen? He said, yes, it really happened. Right in front of my face, one comes straight up in front of my face, and I thought, I could touch him, I could reach out and touch him. And then he was gone. And I had the I, first thing I thought was, where'd he go? because he was so close. And then right. I heard this question, is that close enough for you? Oh. And I went, yes, Father, that's really way too close. <laughs> and everybody, and I just, the experience left me with this, with the knowledge, with this knowledge, that God takes more delight in delighting us than, he, than we take in the delight he gives us. And I wasn't the only one that was blessed that day on that, sh on that boat. Every person on that boat saw the glory of God that day. Yeah, yeah. And I just am so grateful that he gave me that experience because, again, that tells me that he does delight in us, that he loves us to pray childish prayers. Be a child. Yeah. Ask for what delights you. Ask for what you want and see what God does because that was just... That was the most magnificent day. I don't, other than the birth of my children and my marriage and coming to know God, that ranks in the top ten. That's beautiful. Of days because God is so good and he did it four times. Yeah. Four. One would have been plenty. But he never does anything minimal, does he? No, he doesn't. Doesn't talk about God being lavish? He is. And I think sometimes we don't really realize how lavishly good he is and how much he lavishes on us. One of the things that I've been sort of meditating on lately is the concept that God has an insatiable hunger 
for a relationship with us. And he, it's more, it's just, he's constantly pressing for that relationship with us to to bless us and to give us treasures and to give us joy, you know, to just delight us, to delight us (laughs) in him. And I think it's so beautiful. And I, the one thing I love about just sitting and having conversation with you is that you're, you just radiate that beauty of God's delight in you. And it, it, because God delights in you, it, it just radiates out of you to the people around you. And it's such a treasure and a gift that a lot of people don't carry that. Well, I, think, I thank you for that. That's a, that's a big blessing. Thank well, you. you're welcome. And I think you're right because it, God did start, you know, he started it off, started us off in a garden called Eden, which uh-huh. means delight. It means the garden of delight. His heart is to delight his children. And I don't think sometimes we realize that. Yeah. And and I think sometimes we have a hard time squaring that with the fact that sometimes our life is really difficult. Yes. You know, your situation with your with your daughter, that was a difficult situation and yet how do you then how do you go into that place and say God delight God wants to delight me. In do you, can you can you talk about that maybe a little bit? Well, that's going to take a, a minute. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I think I think even in the heart, even with my daughter, when it was um, not easy, my heart was always to do good to her and to delight her. Uh-huh. There was nothing I loved better than taking her shopping. I mean, <laughs> okay, I'll be honest. I took her shopping one time because I just wanted to delight her. I wanted to lavish her with every good thing I could. And... Um, Dillard's appreciates my business. (laughs) (laughs) And so I took her, and I think I bought her everything she could ever want. Uh You know, and when I got home, it's like, hello, Paul. I just want to tell you that uh, I spent $500 at Dillard's. Yeah. But I, I, that's a silly story, but it illustrates a point. It doesn't matter how she felt about me. That's true. That's really good. She did not delight in me like I delighted in her. Mm-hmm. But it could not stop my delight that I felt for her. That's awesome. It was just always there. Yeah. In fact, it's there for all three of my kids. I, I would do anything to delight them. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I think I told you this when we met before that uh, my husband um, is Jesus with skin on to me. And sometimes I'll say to him, I don't like you right now. And he'll say, "Well, that that doesn't that's okay. I don't care, because mm-hmm. it doesn't change how he feels about me." Yeah, and I think that's the way. That's a small picture, a very small, incomplete picture of of God. He doesn't love us because we love him. He loves us because that's who he is. Right. That's so good. So you're writing a book right now. I am. Tell me a tell us. Give us a little sample. You know about your book. It's called Grace in the Beginning. It's uh, based on the first three chapters of Genesis. Uh, for many years, I, those were my, fir- my favorite three chapters because I saw God so much um, and who he is in those chapters, especially um, in the third chapter. Right. But in the story of creation itself, it says there was evening and morning, evening and morning, evening and morning, and began to ask myself, why evening and not morning? Why not morning and evening? And um, because I believe that God created us to live out of rest, not work. That's right. 
So we do, we rest in the evening. We work in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that his, his plan for us is to work from our rest, not rest from our work. Oh, that is, that'll preach, sister. <laughs> that'll preach. And then the first three, uh, the first four words in the Bible are in the beginning God. Uh-huh. And if God is in the beginning, then he always has been. He's not created. Uh, he's all powerful. And uh, let's see, in the beginning God. So if he was in the beginning and he's all powerful and he's creator, my question is, what does he need from us? Yeah. And the answer is nothing. Right. So if God doesn't need nothing, if God needs nothing from me, then he can be everything I need. I can't wait for this book to get written. <laughs> like, I, you have you have just sparked this desire. I can't wait for you to get your book written because I can't wait to buy the first copy. <laughs> well, that would be awesome. But it's just... It's just so good, and it's like when I when I read those questions that God asked Adam and Eve, I don't hear condemnation or guilt. Right. I hear almost a sense of humor. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And He doesn't come to us with guilt and condemnation. He comes to us with Christ, mm-hmm. because that's when He clothed Adam and Eve. It's a picture of Jesus. So there's just so much. And I always used to think that when He left him when he kicked them out of the Garden of Eden that it was punishment it's not no and I'll never forget that day uh, the Holy Spirit showed me that he didn't kick them out because he was punishing them he, he, he sent them out to protect them right he sent them out for grace it was grace and mercy that sent and, and protection mm-hmm. that sent them from the garden that's beautiful because if Jesus if he had not sent them. If he'd let them live there and he'd ne- they'd never died, Jesus would not have been able to come and die. Yeah. So it was grace and mercy that took him out. That's awesome. You know, um, I could probably listen to you talk for hours and hours because when when you speak, that that love of the Lord resonates from you, and that's just such a beautiful thing. Um, I remember when I said, what are you passionate about? You said, I love the Lord and love the Word. And, and I'm just like, me too, me too, <laughs> me too. So um, if you're, you're taking new clients in your counseling business. Yes, okay. I'm taking clients. And so we'll put in the show notes how they can connect with you in case you want to, uh, just listening to her makes me want to counsel with her. Um, <laughs> I, I probably need to bust out my journal and read it to her before she goes home because I think she's probably <laughs> answered some of my questions that I was writing with the Lord this morning. So that's really cool. I want to, um, I always end this up with what I call the rapid fire questions, okay? okay? Not not necessarily deep and theological, just what's in your heart comes out your mouth, right? So, yeah, so that's pretty scary. <laughs> so what is the best thing you've ever eaten? I don't know that I can answer that. Okay. I mean, the best thing, I don't know. I love food, so it's really hard for me to, t- to say. I don't, nothing comes to mind. Okay, that's okay. What's your go-to song if you had to sing karaoke? Uh, I don't know that either. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's nothing coming to my mind. Um, the only thing that comes to my mind is Beach Boys, Barbara Ann. I mean, okay. That's, that's what I used to love to sing when I was, yeah. Yeah, that's dance fun. Dance to that one. What's a talent you wish you had? Playing the piano. 
Me too. We have a lot in common. Me too. Um, right now, aside from God, who's teaching you the most about Jesus? My husband. That's awesome. That's a beautiful thing. Um, besides the Bible, one book that, that you, that you, that's changed your life? This may be controversial. Okay. The Shack. I love The Shack. I think it's really, really good. I don't disagree. I can't say I disagree with you. That's really awesome. Uh, what's your favorite thing about being a grandparent? Sending them home. <laughs> yes! <laughs> My dad used to always say, if I'd known grandkids were so grand, I'd have had them first. But then he would follow it up with, and my favorite thing about them is the taillights driving out the driveway. Like, I love them. I do. And it's so easy to love them because we don't have responsibility to raise them. That's exactly And so that's a fun thing. Uh, And so I always end my podcast with this one question. And um, if you could, and the question is this, if you could say one thing and one thing only to make God famous, what would you say? is I don't know there's so many things that come to my mind he is a lavish lover that's awesome and who doesn't want to be loved lavishly I'm not not certainly not me <laughs> well Pat thanks for joining thanks. me today on the podcast what a treasure <laughs> oh my gosh it's been such a delight to have you here and, and I'm so grateful that you said yes when Thank I invited you, you. and uh, so maybe you're interested in counseling with Pat maybe you want to connect with her uh, with her upcoming book do you have a possible published date for your book not until 2021 I'm just barely uh, getting into chapter two. Okay. So it's going to take me some So mid-2021 mid, mid 2021 maybe? Yes. Okay, well, we'll keep watching for Thank that. Uh, and so we are excited about that, and we're ready for that book to come out because I want to read it. I know it's going to be great. But I'll uh, put all of the contact information in the show notes so people can get a hold of you. Thank and you. so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining <laughs> me today on the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. I know you did. And this is that time when I ask for my trifecta of favors. Could you subscribe to this podcast so that all the episodes will be in your newsfeed? Could you give us a five-star rating on iTunes that helps our podcast bubble up to the top? And finally, could you share this podcast with your friends and invite them to listen? I know they'll enjoy the guests on my podcast as much as you do. So until we meet again, remember, he doesn't waste a thing.